0: Grant us, Lord, the lamp of charity which never fails, that it may burn in us and shed its light on those around us, that by its brightness we may have a vision of that holy city where dwells the true and never failing light, Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. The prophet Isaiah tells those who live in darkness that there is a dawning light of hope. That was a message of hope for people thousands of years ago, And it remains a message of hope for us as well. In Isaiah's time, the people were coming out of exile. In previous generations, their land had been invaded by the Babylonians. The cities lay in ruin. The ruling class was either killed or sent into exile in Babylon. Those who remained became subjects of the occupiers, and the temple was destroyed. And it's not just that the temple was torn down as any other building might be destroyed. No, the temple was the dwelling place of God on earth. And so it was a religious and existential crisis to have God's temple raided and destroyed by foreign heathens. The people had been in darkness, a time where they were not sure where their direction was But the exile was coming to an end, as the Babylonian empire was conquered by the Assyrian empire, and the captives were set free to return home, to rebuild their society, their cities, and the temple. The Lord had provided deliverance for the people, and it is described as a light that is shining on them. Now, given this parishes and my own commitment to beloved community and racial healing, I do want to offer a word of caution about the use of language around light and dark. Generally speaking, light is interpreted as a good thing. We say that people are a shining example, or that they look radiant, or that they are brilliant. Darkness usually conveys negative things, as the dark is often portrayed as scary, Something we fumble around in. We say that someone who is unintelligent is dim-witted. And this dichotomy between lightness and darkness, it does make some sense. The dark of night does provide cover for enemies to launch an attack. Things covered in soot and dirt are darker in appearance, while brightness is dazzling. But this is only one incomplete way to view light and darkness. Light can also be searing, blinding, and revealing. Darkness is best for sleeping and for resting. We know from science and art that white is the absence of color, whereas black is the fullness of of it. In the darkness, we wait for God's salvation. And so the darkness is a place of anticipation, of growth, rest, and hope. (coughs) And the reason why this matters is when we map positivity onto things and people that are light and negativity onto things that are dark, we perpetuate implicit racism. Blackness is a gift from God, but our language too often makes us forget this. Harvard University developed the implicit association test, which has shown that people of all backgrounds have a bias against things that are darker. And so this means people who have darker complexions are, reflexively and subconsciously, perceived in line with those negative associations. Our attention to this matter is important because our biases are a part of the reason why racism remains a perpetual problem in our society. Now in this sermon i am going to continue to speak of the themes that isaiah speaks of of lightness and darkness and the way isaiah presents these light is seen as something that is divine darkness as something chaotic but i offer this disclaimer as a reminder that this is not the only way of interpreting these themes and while they might apply to the spiritual life these positive and negative associations should not be transferred to people. This is part of what it means to strive for a beloved community, to work against the sin of racism. It is to be mindful and cautious about what our language implies. In this passage from Isaiah, darkness is used to describe the gloom and the chaos that had been surrounding the people and disorienting them. What's important for us to hear Is that the darkness though did not mean that god had abandoned the people when we are in those valleys of the shadow of death it does not mean that god has rejected us or forgotten us for in the darkness the light comes but before we rush ahead to the light let's linger in the dark for just a bit longer one of the really important things that isaiah does is that he names the fact that darkness is covering the earth. Too much of our society and our theology, though, is all on the sunny side. We don't like to tell people about the darknesses that we are dealing with. The depression, addiction, fear, resentment, disappointment, frustration, lifelessness, and doubts that we all carry with us. Our world is infected with things like war, greed, suffering, corruption, disease, famine, disaster, and death. But our faith can handle this. God is bigger than all of these things, and so we can be bold enough to name the fact that darkness surrounds us. Simone Bile, a philosopher and mystic, said, The extreme greatness of Christianity lies in the fact that it does not seek a supernatural remedy for suffering but rather a supernatural use of it. As a people of faith, we do not run from the darkness. Rather, we can embrace it and trust that there are lessons for us to learn in the dark. There is growth that happens in the dark. And this is true because God is with us, even in those dark moments. Naming darkness is an important and healthy spiritual discipline because it allows us to call for help. It allows us to admit that we are not perfect and to recognize that things are not always okay. Naming darkness for what it is, is how we get to healing, transformation, and the arrival of God. Yes, the light is coming. That's what Epiphany is all about. But let's not skip over this holy work of naming those places where we desperately need light to shine while we sit in darkness. The light of the epiphany that matters is, of course, Jesus Christ, not a star that some magi followed. Yes, the star was a wonderful sign for them, but the star was not the point. The magi could have studied the star from the comfort of their own homes. What they came and saw was the light of the world, in Mary's boy and Pilate's victim. Now the way that Isaiah speaks of this light is important. The light comes upon us, Isaiah says, as the Lord arises over us. We do not have to shine or manufacture the light. No, the light shines on us and then we just reflect it. It's the message of grace. We don't have to do anything in terms of our salvation, rather we get to participate in our salvation. And understanding this difference between have to and get to is the difference between understanding legalism and gospel, heresy and orthodoxy, Christendom and Christianity. If creating the light is up to us, then we fight with each other over who has the best version of the light, who shines brighter. But the light is not up to us to make. Instead, we receive it And that light enlightens us all imagine blades of grass arguing which of them the light is shining on yet so often that's what we do but the light comes to us and like a plant that light is what leads to our photosynthesis our growth in faith hope and love and to run with this plant metaphor just one more step the point of the light that leads to photosynthesis is a part of something bigger. Plants grow, not only for their own sake, but as a part of an ecosystem. This is what the prophet tells us about the light that breaks on us. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. The light shines on us, so that others might see that glory of God being reflected in our lives. Christians those who have seen this light and seek to walk in the way of love we are supposed to be attractive and i don't mean good looking just attractive and full of this brightness the light of christ that shines in us is meant to attract others to the beauty of love the graciousness of forgiveness the hope of faith and this light it it might come as a word of encouragement a piece of good news a smile from a stranger, insight or guidance from the Holy Spirit. Just as visible light has a whole wide spectrum, the saving light of Christ shows up and is refracted in many ways in our lives. No Christian is promised a life without darkness. What we are given in Christ, though, is a light that shines nevertheless. There is sin, but the Lord shall arise upon you. You might have some doubts, but the Lord shall arise upon you. You are dealing with grief, loss, cancer, but the Lord shall arise upon you. Our society is full of racism and broken election economic and educational systems, but the Lord shall arise upon you. Churches are dealing with dwindling attendance and tighter budgets, but the Lord shall arise upon you. Our families have friction, animosity, and strife, but the Lord shall arise upon you. The world has dictators, warfare, and climate crises, but the Lord shall arise upon you. This light of God that arises upon us, it not only helps us in our dark moments, reminding us that we are not alone and guiding us towards justice and beloved community, but this light is also meant to attract others to the glory of the God who loves us all, who is making all things new. This light is given that gloom might turn to glory. The light, it gives us a holy defiance to trust and anticipate that the light of dawn is on the way. On this feast of the epiphany of our Lord Jesus Christ and in the days that follow, you might spend some time thinking about the darkness that you are living in consider what you've learned in the dark and how that darkness has shaped your prayers what would what would god's light look like in your darkness from there you can then pray for that light to break and you might find that as you pray and you start to anticipate that light of christ you might start to notice in places where it's already dawning but maybe you had not been paying attention to. And then when you catch a glimpse of that light, celebrate it, thank God for it and share it. Tell others, come and see. How can you reflect that light that you have seen shining? Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.